to hello it's um 12 o'clock here on a friday the 11th of september and it's 10 o'clock at uh, 10 big time zone over there in the states it's just got to me of course it's uh, the 10th of september and it's eight o'clock in colorado and um julia is our associate here and she's just been caught up in the traffic but she'll be slipping into the studio shortly but she's unearthed this amazing woman abigail and um, i've got her live currently through our facebook sites and so for our friends in the uh, united kingdom i apologize i know it's three o'clock in the morning for you but you can watch the show live later on at replay and for our folks in the U uh, new zealand a big pardon who watch us it's uh, currently one minute past two in the afternoon on a friday afternoon anyway uh, after all that it's um my pleasure to welcome abigail thank you for coming on and uh it's been a what I've heard from um, Julie has been amazing. So yes. <laughs> we've got a story to share today. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Thank you. I'm really excited for this conversation. Right. So I, I noticed that you're actually born in Ghana and then you've moved across to America. So the land of the hope and the free and the brave. And, and there you are. You've um, set up shop and uh, you got yourself married and <laughs> you know colorado mountains and independent pass and home of aspen and benford springs i mean it's a really amazing part of the world isn't it it is beautiful here i absolutely love it i love the fact that it's not hot and humid <laughs> you know it's nice and cool and you know there's always the mountains you can escape into and the the greenery and then the fall weather with all the color changes of the leaves i mean is such a beautiful place to be yeah i'm fortunate actually you are fortunate fantastic um let's uh, bring on board what julia got here today so we've got a couple of things we want to talk about the moon goddess academy the mystery school initiations but i think the dna activation i think that was really something that well, I, I certainly am interested in that. <laughs> so, take this conversation. You're in the driving seat. Totally. So um, it is very interesting how many people have been really drawn to the DNA activation since I introduced it in the book, Awakening, um, Meet the Women, Birth and the New Earth. And nobody, I, usually what I hear from is that nobody has ever heard it explained that way. I mean, most people have heard about DNA activations or activations. So, you know, whether it's goddess activations or business activations, there's always some kind of activations going on there. But the DNA activation was, um, well, the, the one that I described, um, it caught a lot of people off guard because they weren't used to that, or at least it wasn't explained to them that way. Um, and so it just, it was so, I remember when I got the opportunity to be part of this book, I was like, hmm, what should I write about? And my higher selves were like, DNA activation. I was like, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to, oh, I don't know if humanity is ready for this. You know, my higher self was like, yes, yes, it's time. You you need to share this. And I was like, I don't know. Why, why can I, let me write about higher self instead. And it was like, no. So I just went for it. I took that leap of faith and um, I dove in there and talked about, our divine genome, you know, we've known our physical genome and 
really breaking down what that is. So there's no longer like this woo-woo aspect that is like hanging around here in the etheric realm, but actually bringing it into the physical body, into this physical reality and what that means. Um, and that's what people really felt when they read my chapter about the any activations. Nice. Hey, Julia. Absolutely. Hi, Abigail. Hi, everyone. Hello, Julia. <laughs> hey, good to be on the show with you. <laughs> so I haven't um, really, I've walked in on this whole thing. So Abigail, when did you activate your own DNA codes and what difference did you feel? Hmm. So my journey actually began in the mystery school and this would have been, let's see, about eight, nine years ago that I started that journey when I was actually in the mystery school. And it's actually a prerequisite as an initiate to get activated. And so we went through weekly activations. Um, and because what we were learning in the mystery school was higher teachings, was the occult studies. So Kabbalah, uh, ritual mastery, high priestess um, path, um, shamanic practices, like we were learning the higher studies and you need to be, um, but where should I put it? Elevated. You need to be high frequency. You need to be in that zone to be able to comprehend it, remove your ego, remove your blocks so that you can fully embody the teachings because higher teachings are not just words that you're learning. It's not another thing that you're reading to comprehend it. You're actually receiving light frequencies too and upgrading yourself, upgrading your mind. And so we had to get activated every single week um, so that we can fully embody and absorb what we were learning. The other part of the activation is that we, um, part of the initiation was to become a healer and teacher and it was part of the study. So we learn how to um, do DNA activations and we practice it on each other. And so that even boosted that so that we can continue activating others and also activating ourselves. I think it's so much easier to activate others, you know, than doing it yourself, on yourself, I should say. Um, but yeah, it just, the first time I received it, I had no idea what to expect. I was still new in the mystery school. I was just new on the path work. Um, and the first time I got it, I remember my teacher was like smiling, you know, she could not wait to see what would come through and who my teachers would be. And oh man, so she, you know, got everything set up and then she started activating my DNA. And in that moment, I felt so peaceful, so peaceful, just with her and then hearing her. And the cool part is that everything that she saw, so like the teachers that came in, my masters of light teachers that came in, the archangels that came in, the messages that came through, the colors that she would see, I would see all of those before she would even say something. So it's like confirmation, like right there, you know, and it just felt so good. It felt, I felt confident in my gifts. And there was like this sense of clarity, right, in that moment. And then afterwards, when I left <laughs> and took it home with me, it, it felt, this is how I explained it. It felt like someone opened your eyes like wide, just wide open. And there's no, you can't close it. You can't make it small anymore. And the world literally felt bright. It felt like someone turned on the light. Um, and the clarity, 
like the clarity in terms of the beauty that surrounded me, you know, the beauty and the joy and, and the light that was around me all amplified. And that was just the first one. The more I got it, the more clear I got, the more amazing things happened, the more I could, you know, like in terms of my life transforming, the more of that came through. Um, and so, yeah, it was, but the first time that's the experience that got and every single person that gets it, um, gets a different experience, you know? So that's not like a, everybody will feel that way. Everybody will see it that way. No, there's some people that get it the first time and they go home and they're like, um, yeah, I don't want to smoke anymore. We're done. I'm not smoking anymore, you know? And that is the, you know, they get that immediate effect. And there's others that, you know, and that's why the, the spacing is like a weak spacing so that you can fully integrate it, right? So you have a whole seven days to just allow the light to be absorbed into every cell in your body, you know? So it might not happen immediately. It might be like, you know, day seven and all of a sudden you're like, huh, I feel good today. You know, usually I, I wake up and I'm very pissed off and I, I don't want to be awake, but today I'm excited, you know? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. There is a mile in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're in the room, it's like, is that my <laughs> Yeah. So it just, everybody experiences something different. But the, the key here is that you will notice a difference. You, I mean, you are, you just open yourselves up to receive so much light. There, you will notice a difference in your life in your relationships, in your physical body, especially, you know, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the first time from what you describe, it's as if like filters got taken off. Where do you think those filters came from? <laughs> Life. <laughs> Life, you know, from birth to wherever we are right now, you know, culture, family, it begins in family, you know, the expectations, you should be this way, you should act that way, you should do this way. Um, it's very interesting now that I'm a mother and watching my son grow, it's like, oh my gosh, he came with, you know, fully knowing who he is. And all I have to do is just nurture that and hold space for him to just continue to show me who he really is. And I can't help by ask, like, if I had that support growing up, who would I become right now? If I didn't have those programmings and those um, limitations, you know, the mindset stuff that holds us back, if I didn't have all of those, who would I become right now? I would have probably been further along than I am right now, you know, like knowing who I am, what I'm here to do and just fully immersed in it, which that whole has been a process to get, to get here. Right. But also all those experiences is also what made me who I am right now, more um, seasoned, I should say more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, more. Yeah, I have more substance in in my energy field, you know, and I've learned so much more. And because of that, I can also help so much more with my experiences. Yeah, I guess we we sort of pick at the conditions in which we get born and our parents, and um, and you know, we might pick them for 
to be challenging to us or we might pick them up to be supportive to us. So I'm actually quite interested because, you know, obviously we're living in Australia and um, I was born in Germany and I grew up in Hong Kong. So I know the environment is, as you say, it's very formative in shape in terms of identity because certainly in Hong Kong, you know, everyone's got black hair and brown eyes. And the first time I went to Germany, <laughs> I thought I was normal. And then all these girls started coming to us and wanted to get to know us because we were so different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, you grew up in Africa, so I'm actually, but I don't know whether it was that city or rural, sort of how, you know, in terms of forming your identity, you know, sort of what kind of structures did you grow up within, you know, with your mothers and aunties versus the men? Yeah, so um, it's actually very different from the US structures, that's for sure. Um, there's a lot of community, you know, like everybody, even up to now, my husband is so confused because I'll say, oh, my auntie. And so now he's like, is that your real auntie or auntie out of respect? You know, everybody's auntie. Everything is mom. Every, you know, everyone is mom. Everyone is uncle. Um, it, there's a sense of community, you know, and everybody is helping everyone out. Even the way the houses were built, you know, some of the houses are combined so that you share one compound. And so I grew up you know, playing, like having so many children to play with, you know, who are around my age or even younger or even older, there's assortment of people to play with. So I got to really um, nurture myself from different perspective. The, the weird part of my, one of the weird part about my upbringing is that I, for some reason, older people were drawn to me. So all of my friends were way older than me. And yet we were able to, um, like I fit in, I fit in even though there was so much older than me and it felt so comfortable. You know, it felt um, like I belonged in that group, you know? And so that, that was really cool. But yeah, the structures are different and um, very community-based um, women, I feel like I cherished, it. well, at least in Ghana, not all of Africa. In Ghana, women are definitely um, admired, I shouldn't say admired, respected, because they know that women bring life into this world. You know, women are strong. You know, a Ghanaian woman is very strong and, and powerful and beautiful. And that's because the culture nurtures that. But at the same time, you know, the men are also nurtured by the women. You know, the men support the women, you know, and again, I'm talking about this from where, like what I saw growing up, you know, a, different households, different people from Ghana, from the same place might have complete different experiences. But if you look at it community as a whole, at least when I was younger, those were the foundation, those were the basis of it. Now, of course, a lot has changed. So many children go abroad and come back and the cultures are mixing, you know, so a lot has changed, but there's still that foundation of community, of everyone coming together to help each other out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm asking because we're talking about DNA and um, sort of we get certain spiritual gifts or gifts for healing from our ancestors as well. But, you know, and I've often worked with people from Ireland and, uh, you know, it's just, of course, they can see... <laughs> So, and in Indigenous as well, here in Australia, they just are able to, you know, switch into the dream time and it's just perfectly natural for them. It's not such a, 
it isn't like a couple of generations have been disassociated from seeing and dreaming. For them, it's they just live it, breathe it. It's just far easier for them to bridge in. So maybe we go back to the DNA and the codons, Jeff. I don't know where you got to, and you, I know you've got the list of the I different just, codons. Yeah. So, Jeff, maybe do you want to lead on that as to what you want to find out more about the different codons, different levels that we've got that we can be operating off? I guess it's like finding out we have different gears that we haven't used yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, so let's start off with uh, number 12, huh? <laughs> How yeah, high so... can I go? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Yeah. No, 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 12 is fine. Don't go. Now, because uh, I'm taking the lead from Abigail's doing a bit of research and right. she started from the top and went down yeah. to the first. Uh, is that how you want to bring the essence down or you want to bring it from the earth and take it up? And oh, I love that. So there's a reason why it's done that way. Because um, light, the 12th code on the star is the closest to source, right? It's right, basically we're plugged into source. There's no separation between us and source. It's a code on that is most filled with light. Everybody's 12th codon is usually overflowing with light because it's right there. The first codon is the furthest from source light. And so usually it has to wait till, you know, the light comes all the way down. And hopefully we are conscious and aware that each of those codons, you know, needs to be activated to receive the light and then pour down into each of them. So the first codon in most people are actually um, deactivated or doesn't have any light in that. And so we start from the top where we're very comfortable and we already have the light in there and we just bring in the consciousness and allow things to just overflow into each other. And then when it reaches the first, so usually in a DNA activation, the the from fourth to first, I would spend a lot more time there and have the client, my client um, just pour in as much light as they can to the point that it's literally overflowing into every area, like a flood, right? Because we want to fill it as much as possible. So yeah, that's why I kind of go from, that's why we go from 12 to the first codon. Yeah. Okay, so this work, English languages can be really, have so many different meanings. What do you, when you use the word codon, what are you actually referring to there? So just like in the physical um, DNA, there are codons that are expressed for example, um, that's my son, sorry. <laughs> he hears mommy. <laughs> um, it, in the physical in the physical DNA strands, there are codons that are expressed into, for example, your hair color, your eye color. So each of those codons, you know, one codon might be for your eye color. The other codon might be for hair color. The other codon might be how tall you are or how short you are. So they're expressed into something physical. Was well, the same thing mirrored in the, in the spiritual DNA. It also has 12 codons too. So whatever is, is the same concept as was us above, so below, right? Us within, so without. So physical DNA, 12 codons, spiritual DNA, also 12 codons. And so the 12 codons also transcribed into um, our spiritual DNA a spiritual expression, if that makes sense. Right, okay. 
So in the spiritual realm, like the way I envision each of the codons is like a, a doorway or a, yeah, a doorway where you open it up and you get to find out more of who you are. And the physical sense is the same thing because each codon will let you know, are you going to have a brown hair? Are you going to have blue eyes? So it's going to give you the physical attributes of who you are. And the spiritual DNA will give you your spiritual attributes, who you are on that multidimensional level. Right. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. I can't simplify, <laughs> you know, when you figure out that. Yeah. Chromosomes from your mother and father that take yeah. those um, yeah. aspects, but what you're saying is that light comes in and just activates. Yes. Yeah, um, and then each, each chromosome has, you know, when you actually look at the letters, it's GATF, and then apparently it would fill a dictionary, but then different sections relate to different expressions. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Then, on a Thursday night in Colorado and a Friday morning and afternoon in Australia. This is amazing. <laughs> So, um, Jeff, you mentioned um, something about inheriting from mother and father. In the yeah. spiritual um, DNA, you also have that as well. There's an aspect that when when you go into the 12th codon, 11th, like the higher codons, you can even go deeper and break it down and bring in what your um, your mom brought in to you and then what your father also brought in to you spiritually. Um, that's what I received in the mystery school. And this time that we're in, um, we, unless you go into mystery school and get that DNA activation, then you get the entire picture. But right now, the focus is to just activate as many people as possible, get people on a higher frequency, um, awaken their higher consciousness, because we are at the time where we need to be on, on that level. So you, the purpose is just going in there, activating, and then if they prefer after they're activated, then unlock each of those doors or each of those codons and say, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. So that you know what you're working with as a multidimensional being. Okay. Okay, so just put up there the limits. Repeat that again, sorry. I'm just going to put up the 11th codon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So are we going through all of the codons? Yeah, yeah, ah. <laughs> all right. So the 12th codon is when you're right there with source. You know, it's your oneness with the divine. There's no separation there. The 11th codon connects to your archangelic lineage. And so, you know, it's very interesting because you never, I mean, you hear that there are, you know, beings on this planet who have angelic, you know, like nature to them, right? But who would have thought that we actually all are connected to an an archangel? So there's a difference here, not just an angel, an archangel. Archangels are badasses, for, forgive me for my language, but they are incredible. They are, their energies are massive. You know, and they're just powerful, powerful angelic beings. Um, their whole purpose is to work with the divine. And so in order to even connect to an archangel, you need to raise your frequency to get there, right? In order to be able to connect with them where angels are more, um, their purpose is with us. 
And so we can connect with them very easily, you know, like our guardian angels, and they're right here with us. They're always here with us, right? And so, but we're all connected to a certain archangel. So for example, um, if I activated you and I noticed that your um, the archangelic lineage, your archangelic lineage is connected to Archangel Raphael, then, you know, like looking at that, your purpose, and that's the other thing that comes with this codon, by knowing which archangelic lineage you come from, you understand your purpose, a part of your purpose, because actually all of the codons give you a little bit of it and put together, you get a bigger picture. So for example, if you're connected to Archangel Raphael, you are in the energy of the healer. Archangel Raphael is all about healing. Now that is simplified. There's so much more to Archangel Raphael right then we we then the healing and archangel raphael is actually my lineage and the first time i heard about that i was like oh that well i've always wanted to be a doctor you know i so it makes sense about healing and but who would have thought that i would be part of that healing is actually activating right i never connected i just thought it means that i'll be you know either like a healer doing like the reiki stuff energy healing or being like a nurse or a doctor, like in the healing field. Like that's what, that's always what I got. But the more I, I got mentored by Archangel Raphael and I continue to be mentored by her, at least that's the energy that she comes off for to me. Um, the more I get mentored by her, the more that codon opens up, the more wisdom comes through that, right? So if you're connected to Archangel Raphael, healers, right? That's most of our healers are connected to Archangel Raphael. If you're connected to Archangel Mikael, who's another Archangel um, in this codon, they are the warriors, right? They're the ones that the fighters at the forefront, they're, they're the ones that are fighting for people's rights, the, the ones that are you know, speaking up for people who cannot speak. They're the, the warriors of light. That's the best way to explain to explain that. So if you're connected to Archangel Mikael, then that's that's like the energy. Knowing that you know a part of your purpose here. So you, for example, if you've always felt passionate about you know fighting for children's rights, you know you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense, right? But now when you're doing it, you can actually connect to Archangel Mikael, Michael's energy and pull that into that purpose, which will even make it more powerful. You can serve on a, such a higher level and actually, you know, your purpose becomes bigger than you, if that makes sense. Your purpose becomes bigger than you. The impact becomes more powerful that way when you realize which, which are archangelic lineage you're from and you connect, you tap into that, you um, plug into that and you operate from that frequency, from that consciousness. It takes everything to a whole different level. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. When you once you find out which team you're on, it's just a matter of radioing in and saying, "Hey, guys, you got it. Deal with this, please." And then you don't. You, it's just also actually quite a relief because you you just have to be the eyes and the ears and sometimes the touch. But on the ground, you got it. You got it, Julia. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly, you know, we need to recognize this. We need to know that we're not here to do this alone, especially if your mission on this planet is one of the hardest ones. You definitely are not doing this alone. You got a team and you got to open your, you got to open all your senses. You got to open up to receive 
both physical and spiritual help that is already available for you. You came to this planet with a team to help you through this. We're never doing this alone, right? All right, so we've got the 10th code on down here. Yes, so now we're going into the Masters yeah. of Light. And yes. I was going to ask you, when you did your first activation, you said, you know, your teacher was really ex excited because you're a spiritual teacher. Who is, who are yours? <laughs> <laughs> so it was very cool because, um, and this would be, usually in the first activation, you don't usually get a lot of information because the, the first activation, the purpose is to just receive the light and heal. So it's not until probably like the third activation, fourth activation, that the door will begin opening for you so that you can keep going deeper. If that opens at the beginning, I mean, it can be too much for you. Like, wait, what, what just happened? I don't even know what that means, right? And so first activation is like receive the light and heal. Second, receive the light and heal. Third, it's like, okay, let's open this door. What is behind it? So my master of light, um, it was during the third activation, and I realized that it was very interesting because my teacher is doing the activation, but it was like she wasn't missing a step. It was like, boom, boom, there's like confidence behind it. The messages were flowing through. There was no pause, you know, and when she, it's very interesting because I saw a woman come in and I was like, huh, interesting. Is it ISIS? Is it, you know, because I'm very um, close to ISIS too. So I was like, is it ISIS? I wonder. And she said, Mary Magdalene. And I was like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> well, that's great. What does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, who is that? You know, so after the activation, we got to, we always get to talk about what came through. And I was like, so who is Mary Magdalene? I want to know who this is. And she's like, well, she will mentor you. You get to find out yourself. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> You know, and at that time, it's just so hard to find information, like good information about who she really is. I feel like it, right now, there's just now that the divine feminine is like fully coming back into her power and awakening in all of us. Like we, the, the truth is finally coming out. You know, more of her story is getting channeled in so that we can get to know her. Um, but back then, I could not even find anything on her, anything quality that that is right. I mean we heard that she worked with Jesus and, you know, that she, you know, some people call her a whore because of it. Oh, that she was a sinner. I mean, it was horrible. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Can we go back? Who's that? Like, why am I connected to her? You know? And, but the one thing that drew me to her is her presence. Like she had the, the she has the red robe, right. And she has the, the egg that she holds, but the color red, drew me to her the most because I love red like the dark it's just yummy it's such a delicious color for me um, and that was the only thing that I connected to at that time but it wasn't until was it last year late last year and then throughout this entire year that she came in and said hey it is time I'm here let's do the work and she her purpose like just it was so clear and strong. And I've been learning about her since. I mean, the book, um, Magdalene, what was it? Uh, who is it by? Megan Watteson, her book um, about Mary Magdalene. I read about that. And also um, the Sophia Code, there's a whole initiation from Mary Magdalene. That was actually the first one that I read and completely 
just blew me open. Just like, whoa, hello there, Mary Magdalene. All right, let's do this. All right, you know. And there's another book where um, it's a channeled work where um, it's basically like a, dis a conversation between her and Jesus, like her walking with Jesus and her um, being Jesus's sacred partner. And um, there's another part that came is like her and Jesus, which Jesus has always been um, another one of my allies who's always been with me, like growing up. And um, it was when they said that, that they are twin flames. And I always knew that I was in that frequency. I was in that energy. Um, so when I heard that, I was like, okay, well, Jesus has always been with me, you know, like always walked with me. And so it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, so she's been mentoring me ever since. And every day something new comes in. Um, I asked, I really asked um, one of my intention this year was to meet other Magdalene's or Sisterhood of the Rose, um, I call it. And they've been showing up. I mean, so they've been showing up and every one of them, they'll, you know, they'll be like, I just, I felt your energy and I just felt like I needed to talk to you. And I'll look at them and be like, do you by any chance work with Mary Magdalene? And they will be like, yep. So they've been coming in and it just feels so good, you know, to not only connect with her on the spiritual level, but also physically through the sisters I'm meeting. So I'm actually just curious um, if Mary Magdalene, you know, was here today, what, what, what's her main concern or, you know, what is she most uh, moved by at this point in time that, we could pay more attention to. The first thing that's coming in is empowerment. She wants us to be empowered in our bodies. She wants us to be empo empowered in our minds. So the way we think, um, I, what I'm getting is like, think for yourself, kind of thing, you know, like her energy is very strong and like to the point, like think for yourself. Um, in terms of being empowered in our bodies, like you need to take care of this sacred body, this physical you know, suit that you have on because it is the way that your spirit can express itself. It is your, um, it's like, it's your key to experience the best life as a human being, you know, like, mm -hmm. and um, so it's like empowerment in all areas of our lives, empowerment in our relationship. Um, the other part that is coming in here is, oh, where did it go? Come back. It has to do with relationship. Yeah, it's a different male. It's a different male. Mm -hmm. What are you getting there? It's a different male. Mm -hmm. It's a different male. 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 It's a you know, then she's defiled. Yep. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's it. You know, the whole life, the rest of her life just like chucked away. And um, we sort of went back to the first time it happened and we just had the women stand in their power and say, no, we're not defiled. We're not going to yeah. let this happen. And it just made a big difference. It's just, yeah. It's Mary Magdalene. But also I get ISIS energy in there too. Mm -hmm. um, those two. But it, it makes sense because Mary Magdalene, Isis, Hawthors, Mother Mary, Black Madonna, 
they all are in that same energetic frequency. They all work together. They're just different aspects of the same energy, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it all goes back to how we treat Mother Earth as well. So Yes. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for channeling Mary Magdalene. So we'll move on to the ninth code on. We've got group soul or connecting to group soul or soul family. Yeah. So um, this code on has to do with where your soul came from. So the family that your soul came from, a lot of people, you know, they keep saying, I want to find my soul family. I want to, I want to be surrounded by my soul family. Well, this codon is the key to that. When it is activated, you are connected to both your soul family that is still in the etheric realm holding space for you and your soul family who has incarnated on this planet with you to support you so that you guys can support each other actually right mm. and so family for me the way i experienced this and um this came through it was was it during the healing it had to do with the healing with my birth and story um and why i rejected being here to begin with um and i went back up to where it all started and there was a separation between me and my soul family and i felt that that deep loneliness. I felt that, um, like, oh my gosh, you're leaving me. Like, uh, like my heart broke, literally leaving my soul family. Um, and on top of that, my, my splitting my spirit to masculine and feminine is like, oh my God, I changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. Can I go back? Can I please go back? You know, um, but that whole experience was, I should say, traumatic for me, not just in, um, the physical sense, but also spiritually, it was traumatic for me. Um, and that's something that I had to heal and face and choose some stuff around to be able to fully embody my physicality and be here right now. Right. Yeah. And so, but that codon activates when it activates, it basically opens that door so you can know who your soul family are. What are they like? Who are they? Because to know who they are, you, you know who you are too. They're just like you, right? They might have a different culture because of where they were born, you know, or if they're still spiritual, I mean, they just, they will always show up as the, your fullest potential. So if you want to see yourself unlimited on, on burden, you connect to your soul family on the other side, they will show you how to do that, you know, and the soul family that are here, they're walking with you so that you, you, you have people, you know, that unconditional love that will always be around you, regardless of what experience you signed up to experience as a human being, you will always have those people around you. And our soul families are everywhere, right? Wherever you are, trust me, there's a soul family close to you. One, two, three, four, ten. You just have to op be open to that. And it does not matter what you're going through in your life. They can always show up next to you. And usually they do. You usually do, especially the times that you feel your lowest or the times that you're about to give up. One or two will show up and shift something. They might not, not all of them might stay in your life throughout the entire time. Some might just come and just light you up and then they'll leave. Others might come and stay for, you know, until you're back on your feet and then they'll leave. Others might stay through your entire life where you guys are like best friends, you know, or like so, you know, soul sisters, there's so many people that are like, oh my gosh, this person I've known since I was a kid. 
and they're still around me. Like, I don't know what I'll do without, like, we always have our soul family around them, around us. We just need to recognize their purpose and recognize that it's not, they're not just physical, they're also spiritual and be connected to them for that support, the unconditional love and support from them. That's an exciting one. That's one I definitely want to go for. <laughs> I mean, thanks for sharing about, you know, that's the sort of your memories of being split. And, you know, I certainly always, always resonate with people who say, oh, you know, you know, feel so lonely and, you know, what is, what am I doing here? And, and a dog just, turns up or a cat turns up. And just loves you. <laughs> but, yeah, yes. but the idea that, that, um, yeah, we often look for where did we come from? Why do we feel we don't belong here? But the idea that there's different parts of our souls that have come in to be um, support or a friend in need. Yes. A dog in need. <laughs> in Australia. So, you know, it's like, what do you get? I have to get a ute and then a dog, right? And then the partner. Because <laughs> so, the dog you can rely on is unconditional. It's just oh, my like, God. <laughs> Oh man, yes, yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog doesn't judge you, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, the dog is actually the closest to the divine's love, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Cool. Look, I'm not gonna, you know, I have lots of friends who are cat lovers. <laughs> the dog, yeah, the the dog's energy, the frequency of the dog is exactly the divine's love. So usually people who have dogs in their life, they're learning a lot about unconditional love, like the kind of love that is untainted. I mean, it's a kind of love that is kind of hard to embody and experience as a human being. And so they usually come into your life to teach you that within yourself and also how you can call that in and experience. It's such a beautiful gift that they bring us. Cats are sassy, okay? They always take me, they take me back to Egypt. You know, they are the goddesses. They are the high priestesses. They teach you about how to be independent and step into that power. I mean, they're, they're yummy and spicy. You know? <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't, they're independent and they will not take your crap. They teach you about that. They teach you about your sovereignty, about your power. I guess you're right because as a kid, you know, you observe animals and you actually learn a lot from that. So if nobody's modeling that in your family or your environment, you can actually pick it up from that. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to number eight. Mm, your soul expression. So I love this code on because it, it gives you a glimpse about how your soul wants to express itself in the human reality and, you know, as a human. Um, and, I'm going to give you an example with mine. So my soul expression came in as water. And it wasn't just that. It was like a, um, a creek, like in deep into the earth, flowing. You know, and when, when you know me, you, kinda, you, can, you can sense that, you know, that watery energy. But it's a deep water 
deep earth water flow. Um, water is connected to unconditional love, is connected to the heart, is connected to relationships. When it comes to my relationships, you know, whether friendships, whether, whether it's with my beloved, I mean, of course I'm with my twin flame, right? I call them the deepest love you can get. Um, but even when it comes to friendship, that's what I'm looking for. When it comes to conversations, I'm looking for, you know, deep conversations. I don't have time for surfacey stuff. I don't, I, I, I can't even nurture it. You know, like you have to go deep with me. Uh, you know, that's, that's like, that's my way of connection, you know? So I can't do surface stuff. I can't do, it just doesn't make sense to me. It feels like a waste of time when you can just dive deep and really get to know each other. And, you know, it just, that's more yummy to me. So like that, that's how my soul wants to express. So when I am connecting deeply with someone, I am so joyful. I am, you can feel that excitement within me. I am in my, if I'm fully in myself, where if I'm connecting with someone is very shallow and not really there, you can tell too, because I'm not in my element. I'm not present. I'm probably not present. I'm kind of like, okay, we're done. I, I can't continue this conversation, you know? My energy, yeah, my energy will show it. So this cold on has to do with how your soul wants to express in this lifetime. If it is fire, you know, and it comes in as symbols. That's the beauty about how this cold on opens up for you. So it comes in as symbols. For you, it might come in as an animal guide. And you have to discover what that means for you. You know, only you will understand that symbol. So if you, for example, if one of you also got like the water deep into Mother Earth, like it might mean something different for you, depending on what your experiences have been thus far, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, everyone's soul expression is very different and the meaning really has to do with them. So my teacher, she just gave me what I what she saw, which is exactly what I saw too. And then she allowed me to discover what that means. And that's what I love about my teacher is that she did not give us the answer. She made sure that we went to discover it ourselves. And I think that's what made our education in the mystery school so much better, like so much deeper and so much, um, oh, I wanted to say yummy, but <laughs> you know, like advantageous, like it helped us grow in ways that the mind can't quite comprehend. You know, we were able to dive in deep. Yeah, and I think it's it's also requiring you to find your own path and way yes. rather than follow a set path. So I'm really actually quite excited to hear that there is a mystery school that honors that rather than, you know, saying these are the charts and the secret knowledge and this is sort of how you have to be. Mm. So just out of interest, I'm going to detour a little because... Um, it's not a McDonald's drive-thru, is it? No, no, yeah, no, yeah. So we've had the menu, but um, yeah. there's there's more in the book. But I actually really want to bring up, and I know a lot of people in the audience sort of ask questions about this. Is with our DNA, you know, some people say that our DNA has been messed with, mm. and links with the soul expression, so that or it's been switched off. Um, and then there's another school of people who say, well, you know, the DNA is being contributed by different races, but I think that's a different discussion. Let's talk about the <laughs> DNA being messed up with or switched off. And obviously we have epigenetics where it's, you know, trauma related or just a mutation because, you know, somebody's one of your great grandparents has been a pressure cooker or you yourself have been in a pressure cooker. So the gene decides to sort of like 
uh, not replicate properly. What what did did you get taught anything or did you experience anything in relationship to this? I mean, obviously people come to you for for activation and healing. Do you sometimes sort of have you any have any personal experience on this front that allows you to have an opinion on this? So I'm guessing that what you're asking me is more about the physical DNA and its codons and its expressions. Because when it comes to the spiritual DNA, yes, there's some codons that are turned off, but that would be because of past life experiences. So I've had clients where certain codons were turned off because in a past life, they were punished for it or um, they were killed for it. And they're like, no, I can't, I don't, I don't want to show that anymore. Um, let's say if it was a code on about the light master of light and, you know, they were connected to a very powerful master of light where they were almost like guru status, you know, like where they were revered in, in the spiritual community. And all of a sudden, let's say um, they got too much power in their head and it, everything went awry. So the next lifetime, you're like, I can't do that anymore. I can't, I can't go there. I cannot step into that much power because I know I'm going to be this way. Right. And so they turn that code on off so that when they step into the next lifetime, they're not tempted to. But the whole point of us experiencing certain things in lifetimes is so that we can learn from it. And so usually in those cases, we would go back to that past life. We'll do the healing that will pull in the what what they were supposed to learn, which is the blessing or the gold nugget, and then you start to activate that codon um, yeah. so that they can feel more confident, yeah, expressing that codon in this lifetime. Um, and yeah, so in the spiritual sense, it usually has to do with um, like experiences, past life experiences, but I can see at least what is coming through is that this has to do more with the star seeds, which I'm a, I'm a star seed. I wonder how many people who are listening are star seeds. Um, depending on which star system you are connected to and what happened to your star or your the tribe or the people that were there, um, are they still there? Are they not? Um, what are their evolution? What happened there? So some, what I'm getting is that some star I want to say community, but it's not like, you know, star people, like, not like states, but, you know, like wherever you're from. For example, if you're an Andromedan, like the group. Oh, of people, not yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> wherever you're from, for example, they might decide to turn a certain codon off so that they're for their survival, right? right. Because they had to disperse amongst the, the universe and go to different places they might discern to do that um or you know they might lock it and say okay no one is going to access this because if we do this is going to happen you know out of fear and so that i can see it, at least that's what they're showing me that it could be that where the community comes together and decides to shut off a certain codon shut off the information that comes through for their survival this is very interesting. This is the first time that this has actually come through. Um, and I wonder who this, this is resonating with. F very fascinating. So in that case, what would how I'd work with this is having my client connect back to their source. So that family, the star family, and then figure out why that was. And the other part would be bring it in your higher self to help kind of like, what word am I looking for? 
navigate because they need to know that they're safe. They need to know that they're safe in this lifetime and on this planet, that they're safe to express this code and that whatever happened on the soul planet is not going to happen here because they decide to activate that codon or unlock that codon, right? And the higher self can really bridge those two and help that, that person to connect with your soul family, your star family, and really communicate with them. Well, first they get to learn more about who they are and where they came from and what is going on and why that codon is shut off and how they can unlock it. Right? Yeah, I get that. The, and I, I agree with your approach because the, you know, what happened in the past on a different planet or in a different play, even though we think it's in the past, it's actually kind of parallel. It's just a, yes. a play line or a set that we've been through. Whereas when you connect with your higher self, you're kind of in that space beyond time where uh, you're the creator of creator behind the scenes deciding to get involved in a play or not. So everything is possible. And um, that actually reminds me when I, you know, we, I sent you that picture. picture. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I actually decided to use it because I just love the, and it goes back to what you said about the 12th codon. You know, we're a fraction of the whole, and the higher up we go on the 12th codon and actually connect it, then we kind of have our north, we have our compass. Yes. We have a connection, and then we're not looking for it externally because we've got it. So, um, and, you know, Jeff just knows what it's, you know, I think, to connect with our higher self and to sort of then decide to embody more of that higher self, um, I think is the ultimate, it is the ultimate grail is the, the words that are coming to me, the holy, holy grail, isn't it? Absolutely. You got it. So do you, you help people with that? What is it like? Sort of what's that process? Like? Oh, it's a non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, anyone who comes to me, that's one of the first things. Are you connected yeah. to your higher self? Do you know who she or he is? I feel like in this, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in this fifth dimensional energy that we are in currently as a whole, as humanity, our, you know, our planet is in there. That is the prerequisite to being successful um, from this point moving forward, you know, six, seven, eight, like you need to embody your higher self. And I mean, it's a no brainer. We have an aspect of ourselves that has, that knows all, knows the path that we're walking on, knows what will happen regardless of what choices we choose, knows how, you know, where we're going, who we're trying to become, what we're trying to create, has the answer to all of that. And all we have to do is just tune into this part of ourselves, open up to this part of ourselves, and we can literally receive the answers and receive the help from this part of ourselves that knows everything. Why not be connected? You know, it's, it's kind of like a no-brainer. But again, if society taught us, be, you know, at the beginning, like when we were younger, imagine who we would have become now. We would be unstoppable. Our society, our world would look very different, which is kind of like where we are right now, which is why this is also coming in. Like you need to embody your higher self. We are now asking for something better. We want to experience a better world. We want to create, we want better healthcare. We want better, you know, government system that cares about the people. You know, we, we want something better. Even if we can't see what that better is, we know there's something better. And our higher selves, our higher selves 
is a key to seeing that and taking the steps towards that. So, yeah, I mean, I yeah, thank you for that, Abigail, because I, I mean, I have, to, I have to admit sort of I kind of look at more mathematically, the higher self is like a greater fraction of me. So connecting to it, I feel like it's got my back, but I didn't realize it was yes. going to get so involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, you were saying is you know it's like it could be a two-way floor, not a one-way floor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we, yeah, I think we need to do is not be like yeah. sheep and embody more of you know whatever it is that we're at that level, and just allow that to flow through us and give us the ideas and support. Exactly. I mean, Jeff, you know, Jeff's actually quite an interesting. He's such an interesting and unusual character. I, th I think it would defy. I don't think you could find any book <laughs> which, which would describe what he's doing. Um, you know, he set up this radio station. When he met me, he said, well, "This radio station is my mistress." Dedicated so, mm. <laughs> <laughs> his life to, um, you know, to, and he probably works with Archangel Sandolfan in terms of um, bringing in through the higher octaves and frequencies. But, you know, just stepping away from that is just so unusual. So, you know, I know he's embodying his higher self. He's obviously working it because it's just so yeah. unique. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, what was the other thing that was coming through with the higher self? Oh, yeah, we need to stop seeing our higher selves as something that is far away from us or um, putting our higher self on the pedestal where we have, like, I feel like we've always been taught to reach up to get to a higher self. Like, oh, please, higher self, please come down to us. And our higher self is like, uh, come down where I'm already within you. I'm in your heart. I've always been within your heart. I'm already within you. I can see through your eyes. I can hear through your ears. I can I can touch stuff with your hands. I am right here, you know, and I feel like people in this fifth dimensional energy, which is really helping us to embody this wisdom, they're starting to wake up and notice that, oh, I am my higher self. What does that even mean? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Well, that's what the fifth dimension is all about, is discovering what that is all about. But the first step is just recognizing and realizing that you are your higher self. You've always been your higher self. Opening that channel of wisdom and begin to learn what that means. Yeah. Well spoken. I don't feel like I want to add to that too it would just take away from it wouldn't it yeah. most folks would have a wife who tells them the highest stuff is really no i mean i think it goes deeper it goes to this you know i mean i grew up I'm just yeah. yeah i think you know i'm a man mere human mortal you know from dust to dust and you know, oh oh my you know that kind of stuff it's just um but i know what you mean because you know i, I you know when we when we hold the babies and they're just so pure that is their higher self and then Absolutely. You know, we watch them try and become something else that they're not and as parents we go oh don't be but you know they're just so unaware and they forget because it's kind of so intangible yeah and look at the external world um and then we do start questioning and saying okay well i'm reacting like this because of that and then well what how else could i react and respond and uh, bringing in the new potential yeah 
You got it. And a newborn baby in terms of its communication dialogue. I mean, you, you're really opening up and using every faculty and sense in your body. It's almost like you're drawing on that tele, telekinesis, telecommunication. Mm. It's emotional. It's, it's all those different form of senses, isn't it? Yeah, and and a bit like you know the and but with babies we're prepared to do it because we know they're not going to judge us and we we have to be totally present to be able to you know we can't just use words to go could you yes. totally eat you would all look like you know it's interesting that we're talking about that because um, a while ago I posted on my Facebook group and I said, you read, I wonder if what the language that babies are speaking are actually light languages. Because listening to my son, I realized that, I mean, the words that are coming out of his mouth, you know, if I'm listening with my human ears, it doesn't make any sense. But he was very passionate about what he was saying. And his hands are moving. He's telling a story. And if I just recognize that, oh, my gosh, wait, he's speaking in a different language. I need to tune into that frequency. What is he saying? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, look at what he's showing me instead. This is the story he's telling me. So I posted and I was like, and I, I, I asked, I was like, have you ever wondered if your baby is speaking like language? And there were so many people who jumped in and said, yeah, absolutely. You know, we come to this planet and we have a light language and we begin to communicate in that. But our parents, we've forgotten that language. We did forget that language. I mean, now we... We're so lucky that it's coming up again. You know, like now when I hear light language, it literally brings me to tears every single time. It never fails. You know, like it brings me to tears. We yeah. do have someone specializing on light languages coming in next week. There <laughs> we go. Do you think light language is more of a pictogram? Hmm. So Abigail, just asking you, do you think light language is more of a pictogram language? Explain more about the pictogram. Okay, so when you when you speak it, the words kind of formulate a picture, and so when they broadcast their light language, it could actually filled with um, pictograms. It's like a thousand words, and somehow or another, we receive that signal, that communication, and then we receive it as a picture, and then when we unlock that picture mm, i think it depends on that person's gift um if you know like what kind of soul gift they have or what you know the different clairs for example so for me the way i experience light language is actually i see the light come through and then within it i see symbols and since i was young i would actually doodle some of these symbols but i had no idea what they were until i was aware of what light languages are um, and so for me, that's how I receive it. Some people can speak it. Some people can sing it. Some people can play music and use that to send out the frequency. Um, so it just depends on what what channel is coming through for you, if that makes any sense. For some people, it might be that way where they receive the picture. Um, it makes sense with my son because one of my gifts is that I can see um, the messages that are coming through. So with my son, I could tune in that way. 
one of my gifts is I can also hear spirit. And so not only can I see it like a movie playing for me, I can also hear it. And I, so I can also feel it very deeply within me. It's like an inner deep knowing, like I know this is what he's saying kind of thing. Yeah. So it depends on what gifts you have and what is activated because it will come through that channel for you. Yeah. And I, th I think when people start meditating, they often get light and symbols and yes. all that stuff. So the information, the frequencies are coming through and then your brain translates it into something that makes sense to you. Exactly. But is it, isn't it wonderful and to think that, you know, everybody, all, all the parents out there, that they've got this opportunity to, you know, to to practice with their kids you know when you see them jumping up and down and the little arms are waving and the whole heart is like oh man up and down and it's just like they're communicating oh. on such a different level aren't they and they're just so coherent as a absolutely absolutely as a future just love looking at children because their fields so bouncy and so golden and it's it's so um uncompromised and um, by looking at them you can sort of experience what what ours could be like <laughs> oh my God, especially the kids that are coming in in this day and age, just fully aware of themselves, their gifts, their light, um, fully in their element, like no karma. Most of them are coming in with no karma because they got work to do and they know exactly what they're here to do. Um, look at my, my son. I remember the first and I was like, oh my gosh, like he came in while he was in my belly to work on stuff for us to clear a lot of those karmic stuff and i was like why are we doing this aren't you supposed to work through this <laughs> isn't it part of being human he's like no i got work to do i don't have time for that you know and connecting with other babies that are, are coming in because i have friends who are also and i was like oh my gosh this is like how they're coming in they're coming in with none of that what is it called like lineage baggages and stuff that you know like if i didn't do any work it, he's not going to carry that. If his dad has some, he's not going to carry that. He, like he, the, the babies are coming in very clear and very like, it's like, I'm here for this reason. And I chose you guys to nurture me. And I know you guys can do that, but I'm not here to carry your stuff. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. And there was such a relief. I'm like, Oh, good. <laughs> You won't have people get guilt for you in the future. No, you did this and you ruined my life. Exactly. It's like, oh man, okay, I'm still doing my work, but I know that you're not gonna inherit any of that crap. You know, I can I can just focus on me continuing doing my work and I can just support you on your own. They just feel so much lighter. They I can't wait to see what they're here to do. I mean, we we already can feel like the the more they come in the higher the frequency of the planet gets. Like they're, they're boosting our frequency by coming in. You know, they just, I'm so excited to see what they bring to this planet and to humanity is gonna be incredible, yeah. So I guess in the meantime, as adults, just focus on activate our code on Yes, <laughs> yes. actually they require, can you imagine if you're not activated, like how would you be able to support a child like that? You would feel like you're being pimp slapped by any like by divine all the time. You know, that's kind of like how I see, you know, like you need to constantly you're gonna be reminded to do your work. You have no choice but to do your work in order to be able to fully support that child. So if you look at all the, the parents of these children, they're usually already doing the work. They they've been working on their 
you know, they've done like lineage stuff where they've cleared all that crap from their lineage or they're doing ancestral stuff or, you know, healing themselves. They're, like they're usually already doing the work. You know, it, it's, it's incredible. But yeah, it, it's a requirement. <laughs> so when you do activation, you're in a good place with that child. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool to hear. So Abigail, tell us, um, the fifth codon relates to the 12 main archetypes and uh, yes. you, you, you know, one of the reasons I brought you on to the show is because you set up the Moon Goddess Academy. So I'm assuming the Moon Goddess is one of the archetypes that you work with. Can you, you know, <laughs> most of us have never heard of the Moon Goddess, you know, only rabbits and men with faces, smiling faces on the moon. So what, oh, what is the moon goddess? No, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah, totally. So the moon goddess is, uh, the goddess part is an archetype. It's one of the main archetypes in my wheel of life. The moon part is the energy of it. Um, the, the moon energy, which is also connected to the goddess part. And um, it is magic, is mystery, has always pulled me in. Um, to to dive in, to learn more about me. And there's a reason why I came into this lifetime as a woman, right? <laughs> to learn more about the cycles of the moon, of the lunar um, energy within my own body and how I'm constantly replicating that every single month, right? And so it was my energetic connection to those. But the goddess part, um, growing up for some reason, like my nickname was around there. People would always like, oh, do you work with the goddess energy? Because I just see it all over you. I'm like, what are you talking about? So even before I knew what my archetypes were, or I knew what that, the goddesses were, they were already showing up for me. So when it showed up in my archetypal wheel, it was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And in my um, in my initiation, the spiritual alchemy initiation, where you're actually um, initiated into the brotherhood and sisterhood of light. So you get to learn what council, and I think there's seven councils um, in there, you get to learn which council you're connected with, and mine is the god and goddesses. And so it's not just an archetype, I'm actually connected, like plugged into um, a council. And so all of that is just channeled in, you know, into something that I can work with or something that is being expressed in the physical realm. Yeah. Okay. So we're all ears. What, what is the God and Goddesses council telling you or <laughs> what sort of like, what, what oh, like direction, do they give you directives or they just sort of, you go and ask for help or, you know, what, what does it look so like? Does it, does it when you work like in, when you're working with a god, uh, well, not just the councils, actually, you would be working with a, they're called the Great White Brotherhood or Sisterhood of Light. Um, so you would be working with them as a whole. The council that you work with is almost like the specialty that you chose to um, concentrate on, basically. Just like, for example, if you were in med school, you know, you're going in there to learn medicine, but you'd be focusing in obstetrics, you know, obstetrics and pediatrics pediatrics oh my gosh or you might be going more like brain surgery so it's more like specialty um and the god goddesses council it really has to do with the embodiments of the divine masculine and divine feminine um this is what is coming in basically it's very interesting <laughs> it's about um coming into which is basically what is going on right now um to awaken the true meaning of what it means to be united 
in both the divine masculine and the divine feminine. What that means, we're not just, just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you're just only divine feminine, right? Like we've kind of separated those two and be like, oh, you're a man, so you divine masculine or you're a woman. But it's like each of us have both elements dancing, constantly dancing within us. And we need to learn to operate from their union, creating from their union, right? Knowing that we're both. Okay, they said that's all. <laughs> That's all we're gonna focus on right now. <laughs> but that's, I mean, it makes sense why that is the message that came through because that's where we are right now. You know, I, the other part that's coming in has to do with relationships. A lot of people are trying to find the love of their lives. And, you know, if you're not united within yourself, if you, if you don't know who your divine feminine and your divine masculine is, so if you're a woman looking for, you know, let's say a, a male partner, right? Do you know your divine masculine nature? Because that is what is going to be drawing in that divine masculine, right? But the divine feminine is what is going to balance that connection up, right? So you need to know who you are in both elements, how they show up in your life. When they're in balance, when not, they're not trying to overtake each other within yourself, when they're in balance, then your magnetic field gets amplified and you can actually draw in the right partner that complements that energy. At least that's one way to use it. <laughs> yeah. You've got the animal and the animus aspects to it, isn't it? So um, we usually use the um, the Greek um, gods of the Parthenon and, and, of course, the Roman gods of their Parthenon. So um, it's almost like the major arcana of, of the tarot pack. Mm. Perhaps there's a story that unfolds, isn't it? So like a, it's a play, isn't it? Yeah, but so oh. Because there's like, you know, if you take Zeus or Jupiter, you've got like at least three women in there. <laughs> He's not being faithful. So I get the brother and stuff, so it just does your head in really generally. So I want you to think about the 12 main archetypes as the 12 aspects of yourself. So these are 12, 12 parts of yourself. For example, there's an archetype that tells you what you hear, what your career is supposed to be, what your occupation is supposed to be. Your, there's another aspect of yourself that deals with the relationship is going to give you a lot of information about who you're supposed to be with, how you interact with people in a relationship, right? Who you're supposed to call in, how you're supposed, like it gives you all that information. It's an archetype that tells you who you are in your service to humanity, right? It's not just job, career. It's like, okay, when I go outside of myself, how, how am I serving humanity as a whole? So these are all like the literally 12 areas of yourself that you get to know for some reasons, like we break it down so that we can have, we can digest them in chunks, right? Um, or not chunks by pieces by pieces. But as you awaken, you get to see all of them and see how they all play with you. Because the archetypes come in with both light sides and shadow sides. And until you awaken, you usually deal a lot with the shadow side because you have to work through that part. You got to work through what is blinding you from seeing them 
as a whole, from seeing yourself as a whole. And so they come in and they challenge you so that you can break down those barriers. And when you are able to awaken to actually see them and meet them and learn from them, you're like, oh, you know, for example, um, there's the universal archetypes and, you know, the, the saboteur, the inner child, which has both the divine nature and the shadow nature. Um, and then the, oh, what was the other one that I'm like, the wounded oh. child and like, um, yeah, you've got the priest. And prostitute, the prostitute. prostitute yeah. So it's the saboteur, the prostitute, yeah. um, the victim, and the inner child archetypes. Yeah. That's a universal archetypes, and we all have that. Yeah. And yeah. these archetypes have to, they deal with survival. So they're gnarly. When, I mean, when they come in to teach you, you are all ears. You will pay attention. They will command your attention. It's about the work. Right. But the moment you step into the work, the blessings are as um, this is bigger than the challenges. Right. So we all have that. And then the rest is more individual. Lies. Oh, Maria. So Maria says it sounds like the 12 zodiac houses. The interesting part is that on the wheel, it actually brings in the houses too to support the archetypes. So you get to know the 12 aspects of yourself and then you bring in the houses. You're like, OK, well, the goddess, my goddess archetype, for example, let's say it's in the ninth um, house, which has to do with spirituality. Well, what does that mean? Well, in my area of spirituality, when in order for me to step in fully, I have to embody my goddess nature, which makes sense because my initiation is spiritual alchemy. I am initiated into the God and Goddess Council. Right. So there's a lot of connections there. Once you know who you are, which is the 12 aspects of yourself, then you can go into the houses. OK, this is where they fall into. OK, this is what it means. Right. You can go deeper with that. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I know that could be a whole talk by itself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, I, I don't think we'll go through the next four, three, two, one, because um, we're sort of at one o'clock and um, we've had a lot of information. And thank you, Abigail, for just being so generous in terms of sharing both individually and uh, channeling whoever's with you at the moment. And uh, I kind of was laughing when you're talking about higher selves because technically there's six of us at the moment, isn't there? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That are, you know, communicating with us. So we're just really enjoy the unity there and um, Jeff's just clicking through them. So I guess going forward, um, you do both the activations and you run um, what a moon goddess circle. So if people want yes. to, you know, are drawn to you and obviously this will go on to stay on Facebook, but will go onto YouTube as well as a video. So if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Definitely my website, moongoddessacademy.com. Um, you can find out how to work with me. You can kind of learn a little bit about me. If you really want to step into my energy and kind of feel that out, then come on Facebook and join that free group, um, Moon Goddess Sacred Sanctum. Yes, I think so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> totally like but yes, you can come in there and it is a free group. You can jump in there. It's a very um, powerful container that I've created to support people who are willing to do the work to create the life that they want to 
live to express themselves the way they want to express it. Um, so it's a great way to jump in and kind of feel how I work, kind of see how people are connecting with me and then go from there. Um, and then I have the many programs, you know, the entry point into the academy is actually the Moon Goddess Circles because most people are like, well, I don't know if I want to, you know, dive in deep with you yet. And so they'll jump into the circle where, you know, you get to learn about the goddesses, um, the archetype goddesses within yourself, awaken that within yourself, um, be supported through the lunation. So the full moon energy, um, what that means, how you can work with that, the new moon energy, what that means, how to work with that. And then from then on, you're like, okay, I really love your energy. I want to go deep. And then there's all the different programs um, that pops up that you can jump into. And you also do podcasts, don't you? I do. I do. Um, it's called Sovereign Divinity Podcast. And it's just, it's all about just having yummy conversations about spirituality and how you can um, incorporate that into the physicalities is to show you how those two are meant to work together but in a real you know like in the physical sense where this is what this person is experiencing now you know so being able to connect with it physically instead of just talking about it up here theoretically so yeah and then just talking about some of the spiritual, you know, like DNA activation, higher selves, so they can reach more people and people can really dive into it and understand it better. So I talk about a lot of different cool topics that are at least yummy. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, no, it's, it's just been such a pleasure exchanging with you and um, learning more about the DNA activations are possible and your your work take an experience on that and um, just really fits in with I think where we as a community are headed which is really exciting and all our listeners as well have all been doing their own work and in in their own ways and um, connecting with their higher selves and healing traumas from the past and um, Jeff also brought on the empire mums which is you know from mothers who are are having children, <laughs> those perfect <laughs> kids that <laughs> we can learn like language from and, um, and we'll be able to lift the vibrations. So thank you very much. Jeff, is there anything you want to add? Hey, uh, um, yeah, you know, Miles seems to be the one that needs the healing and the activation um, on this planet. That's how I sense or feel from this conversation. Yeah. And uh, particularly when you mentioned, um, we skipped the, the four condoms, but codons, but they're the ones that you actually um, work a lot with on, on patients. And um, just about here about if it's been deactivated or barely has any light for most humans, it seems to be, it to me seems to be the focal point, isn't it? Those first four seem to be where we're stuck. Mm. It's like the, the doors have been shut on those those four. Mm. Mm. You use the expression on the way with the fairies or the off in the stars and not grounded and all that stuff. It seems to be another aspect of the energies not coming through to be hit the ground. It's the young children that are coming in and doing it. it like yeah, and I think this also adds into it is actually men's job to anchor the light. And obviously, if the the bottom rungs are not active, then it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I don't know whether actually many men are aware of that. That that's you know, one of their jobs is to anchor the light. 
Hmm. Interesting. I think everyone, everyone's job is to anchor the light. Men have a certain, um, men, it has to do with working with the divine feminine counterpart, right? Bringing in that balance there. But I wouldn't say just men as opposed to anchor. Um, actually, everybody's responsibility is to anchor the light. Yeah. Yeah, all right, so a, a, a cry out for the men. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, the men are supposed to be strong, but we can actually feel empathy for them. Yeah, you know. I don't want to be a man. <laughs> oh, why not? I love my masculine group. I love them. They just, you know, they, they, Here's the thing. This is what I always talk about when it comes to the divine feminine. I think when that whole aspect or concept started coming up where divine feminine is waking up and it sounded almost like the feminine, you know, the goddess is waking up and it's about to stomp on the masculine, right? And what, what actually is happening is that the divine feminine is standing into her power again and inviting the masculine to come dance with her because she cannot be fully in her power if the divine masculine is not right there with her, it's the same thing as, you know, having those two energies within yourself balanced. Well, on the outside is the same energy too. And this, again, it's not about, you know, I'm a man, I'm a woman kind of thing. We're talking, we're going deeper, right? About the essence of that within ourselves, right? So yeah, yeah. you're right. Back to that, Abigail. Yeah. When we do the DNA cellular, we, we're healing the, we're often healing the wounds of separation between mm -hmm. the man and male and female aspects of ourselves and they just can't function without each other and when they come back there's this third energy that gets created when they're unified bingo and, yeah we bingo. don't have the praying yeah. mantis type woman do we i've never heard of the praying mantis type woman <laughs> yeah i haven't heard about that you do not want to <laughs> oh well is that where they they like chomp off the head or something? Yeah, they eat them. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, It'd be a bit pointless, really. But anyway, yeah. You need yeah. to delve deep, like you said. That's what it's all about. Deep and diving deep into all this. Um, this Subconscious fears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is all about going deeper than you know, the psyche you know, aspects of um, in the Greek goddess tradition you know how we'll get their herculean pass and you get um what's his name uh, Thor has to go there and kill the bloody big serpent yep chop her head off so there's another feminine trauma mm, exactly if oh, you're ugly and you've got hair that moves like snakes you're in trouble <laughs> oh man yeah so there's little aspects there we part of our psyche aren't they yeah yeah yeah. Oh, look, it's fantastic having you on, Abigail. Oh, it's been so fun. Thank you for having me. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> what else? Anything else? No, I think that's it. And I think just sort of finishing. Yeah, Abigail, I mean, you, you really are so embodied and so centered and so radiant and so joyful. It really, you know, it's very, in a good way, very infectious. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of my energy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
Mm. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Abigail, Jeff, and all our listeners. And you know where to come to Abigail um, through the Moon Goddess Academy or through her um, Facebook group and website. And uh, Jeff has the Radio FM 88 show that runs 24 hours a day playing beautiful music and nature stuff. Next week we will have Kai Phoenix on with us on the Thursday evening, 7 p.m. AST, uh, telling us she's a spiritual artist and does light language channels. So I hope you can join us then.